0: Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I'm so excited to introduce you all to today's guest. She really doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to try my best to nail it. She's a wife, mother, and the lead singer for the Grammy-nominated rock band Fireflight. Fireflight has been topping charts for well over two decades, and the most recent project, Who We Are, The Head and The Heart, is one of my all-time favorite records. I don't know what you guys took when you went in the studio to make this so amazing. I'm assuming it's the Holy Spirit, but I I just love it. And I've wanted to have her on the show for such a long time. And I'm super pumped to introduce you all to Dawn Michelle. Dawn, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me, Trevor. I appreciate you extending the invitation.
0: Of course. It's like... I was trying to get in touch with you because I've wanted you on the show since we started. And we've been going for a year now and finally just made it happen. So thank you for being so available to do that.
1: The stars finally aligned.
0: Amen to that. So it's been it was a long intro, but it could have went longer. You guys are Grammy nominated. Um you just had your new album come out. How have you seen the fans react to the album? I know you had electronic um album come out before and you kind of came back to your rock roots. So were the fans excited? Were they happy? What it what do you what are you guys hearing?
1: Yeah, I feel like the album's been pretty well received. Um We definitely wanted to basically make an album for the hardcore Firefly fans who have been with us since the beginning and have stuck by us. And um, It's been kind of a long career, I guess, as far as rock bands go. We always joke that... Um, band ears are like dog years. So really, uh, as old as we are, we're like 100 years old in, in band ears. <laughs> and so uh, we've been doing this a long time. And um, and we have fans who have stuck with us just that long. And so we really wanted to... T- to do something that would honor them and honor their their heart and what we felt like was their greatest passion. And that was like super hard rock. (laughs) So um, we really threw ourselves into that for this album and we enjoyed doing it. And I feel like the results have been something that um, our listeners and our supporters have really been able to rally behind.
0: Yeah, I love it. And I remember when you guys announced uh, the record and came out with the song, Who We Are with the amazing music video and... The whole album really tells a story. It's broken up into two parts, the head and the heart. Can you explain a little bit on the thought process that went into that and how you broke it into two pieces?
1: Yeah. Like when we first started recording, we had this grand vision that we would like to do two releases. Um, You know, things are kind of changing in the music world as far as how people are consuming music. They're really more singles focused and less album focused. And... So we were kind of trying to be innovative in doing that, and also sort of just giving ourselves, um, you know, even more direction when it came to writing and as far as the spirit for each of the songs. And um, so we we planned for that the whole time, and then right before the album came out, um, you know, there was all this discussion about, um, you know, what if we, you know, went back to traditional and actually made a, an album that was, you know, that had two parts, one album, two parts instead of two separate short albums. And, um, that seemed to be what would function the best in all of the ways that we could, all of the ways we have to get the album out in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, we already had kind of the spirit there and all the songs fell in line, obviously, with the two parts like we were going for. And then in the end, it kind of made sense because you can't really separate the head and the heart. They have to. You have to have both yeah. of them. <laughs> so,
0: yeah,
1: maybe was love destined that dual. so much.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't have a head without a heart. Like it's it's just not going to work. And the album is phenomenal. You've got your hard rock core in there, but you also have some softer rock and melodies, and um, it all tells a story. I know when I listened to it, and I went in reading the lyrics that I want to talk about a little later in the talk today. Um, it, it's almost as if I were sitting in. A room and just wanting to talk one-on-one with God, like have those discussions about whether I'm struggling with anxiety or depression or mental health, or just really having a rough time. There's a lot of ballads and lyrics in there just for you, just for the person that's struggling with mental health. Was that like a target that you went in? Like, we have to address this. I really want to help people that are going through a rough time. Or is that specifically just something that you have in your heart at all times?
1: Well, honestly, I mean, I think that's life. I mean, for I know just in my own life and the things that I've been through, the trauma and the different stuff that I've had to face and the healing that I've had to work hard at and the parts of my life that I'm still trying to heal, you know, And everybody I know, all my friends, you know, all the fans who talk to us, everybody, you know, if anybody is doing just fine and never having any problems, it's probably because they're lying. (laughs) And so whether (laughs) either to you or even to themselves, I don't know. Um, But truly, I think that is just life. You know, life here on Earth is hard. And even you know, even the most nuclear appearing family has its problems. And, you know, they say that every family is dysfunctional on some level. And so we all kind of grew up in dysfunctional families somehow. And when you grow up in a dysfunctional situation, which kind of seems to be the entire situation on earth you're going to learn wrong lessons you're going to get the wrong messages all sorts of stuff and then you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to unpack that and figure out you know okay why am i feeling this way right now you know and and try to find the source and just like gi joe says knowing is half the battle and that's a process and so and you win some days and you lose some days and that's what all the songs that we write they're about our personal experiences or about the experiences you know if it's not specifically that about friends family fans um, and and the songs just really um, they endeavor to be present and to communicate and to be authentic and when you're doing that um, to me authentic life is it's kind of broken a lot and it's always you know it's always needing to grow and to have space and mercy and so I think the music that we make, The hope is that people will be able to find themselves in it and hopefully find encouragement, whether, you know, I mean, back when we first started writing, I felt like we were always trying to write a song to help people find the answer to their problems. And sometimes you just have to accept that life is the way it is while we're here on earth. And really more important first than feeling like someone helped you fix something is to feel seen and known and like you're not alone. And that's what we try to do with our music.
0: I love that so much, and I kind of want to dive back into the early Firefly days and even hear your story. Like, what did you go through as Don Michelle before Firefly, before everything? What's the story that led you to the woman that you are today?
1: Uh, I feel like that story just keeps going. <laughs> but
0: yeah, <laughs> um, I
1: used to joke that. Like, I don't know. My life has just had a lot of ups and downs. I don't know what it is, but I feel like kind of the greater part of my life, the theme has been kind of suffering and things not going right. Um, like from my childhood, my I was, I was two years older than my little brother. My little brother passed away when I was seven years old. And that kind of put my family in a tailspin, you know, and really shaped who I was as a person. And, um, you know, when you have a big trauma like that, when you're young and when your whole family is traumatized as well, that's just like you know, that's the stage that your whole life, you know, gets written on. And so um, that really shaped me as a person. And I I took a lot of, you know, lessons that weren't that great from that through that all that trauma. And that pointed me in lots of different directions. And, you know, led me into abuse and led me into um, being taken advantage of. And then that brought me towards you know, towards God and being pulled out and rescued. And then, you know, along the way, my my next brother, who was uh, much younger than me, he was born and then he had um, brain cancer. And when he was 15, and then we went through all that and um, had him, he had to have brain surgery. And thank God he survived and has been cancer free since then. Um, but you know, it just seems like, I mean, and maybe everybody feels this way, but it just kind of feels like the hits keep coming, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have to keep yeah. with it. But for me, I know the biggest turning point in my life was um, when I was uh, probably like middle school, high school age. I, um, you know, I didn't grow up in church and I was really afraid of going to church. And so, um, but I, I lived like really far away from where I went to high school because my dad had gotten a job in a new town but we couldn't move there yet. And so they thought, well, since you're going to be going to this new school, we need to just start you in the new school, even though we live an hour away. So every day, me and my dad would pack up my little brother and sister who were much younger than me. And we would go to, we drive for an hour to the town where we were going to hopefully move someday. (laughs) And I would go sit outside the high school in the dark, waiting for the building to open because we had to get there early enough. So my my brother and sister could be dropped off at daycare and my dad could go to work and be to work on time. And that was earlier than when the school really started. So I would sit and wait for the school to open. And then when school's over, I would sit and wait. And sometimes he would have like a coworker come pick me up and take me to the library. And I would wait at the library until my dad could get off work. And then we'd go pick up the kids and then we drive home for an hour. And it was like dark. So this is what we did every day of the week, you know, and then on the weekends, I couldn't really see my friends because they lived an hour away, the ones that I went to school with. And so I was really lonely and uh, we lived out in the country in a green swamp, in a swamp in Florida. And so I was super, super lonely. And I, you know, I wasn't a Christian, but I had decided that I believed in God and, um, and I prayed and I said, God, if you will just let me live where I go to school and I can have friends and I don't have to be so lonely, then I'll go to church and I made a promise. So it took like a year, year and a half and we finally got to move to where I was going to school. So I'm a freshman in high school. Actually, no, I'm a sophomore in high school now. I spent my whole freshman year going back and forth like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then it was like the second day of school and a friend of mine looked at me and said, Hey Don, you know we do small groups at my church. You know a bunch of the girls. You could come be in the girls small group on Sunday night if you want to. And I was just like, no thanks because <laughs> I was still really afraid of church. And so um, but then that night I was like laying in bed, staring at the ceiling. And I remembered my promise. and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so I ended up going. And um, and when I was there, you know, I started becoming a part of the youth group. And I just really felt welcomed and loved at that youth group. And um, and the more I went, the more I learned about Jesus. And and Jesus was really who I wanted to be like. The more I learned about him, you know, and, um, and that's just was the beginning of my journey of walking with God. And it's had a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I'm so thankful that my journey did begin somewhere and, um, and that really kind of changed the trajectory of my life. It led me to, uh, joining a band called Fireflight as I was graduating my senior year of high school. And then to traveling across the country and across the world, and here we are, like 21 years later. <laughs> so it's been a long story, <laughs> and it's still going. But um, but I think all of the difficult things that I faced in my life have really um, they've helped me to understand that I don't have it all together, and almost nobody does, and um, and that's okay. And that we're all here to just love on each other and to be loved on by God. And it's God's love that has broken through all the constructs in my life, and that's what I want most for other people is to know that they're not alone to know that God doesn't give up on them, and we don't give up on them um because people aren't just garbage to just be thrown away once they're you know too messed up so um yeah. that's I guess that's that's everything in a nutshell
0: well that's first of all that's amazing how God used your life and Even the traumas that you went through that you were able to come back on the other side of them and see the bigger picture of like, oh, like God was in it, even when it didn't feel like it, he was there. And it's super unique to hear that you drove an hour to school every day and then had to drive an hour back and that, that would be a lot of time to be alone, especially as a freshman in high school. Like you're wanting everybody to like you. You're trying to fit in. And I remember being a freshman in high school, you know, you see all those gifts of like me in high school, a Christian rock youth group kid. And you see like a picture of John Cooper and you got your picture on there and Lacey Sturman. It's like, Oh yeah. Like those people needed that in that scenario. So did you have like any inspiration into rock as a, uh, I guess you would say young adult almost. I consider young adult being in high school because high schoolers have to grow up so early now with social media. Um, Did you have any musical aspirations or any people you looked up to in high school in the music realm?
1: I think for me, um, you know, when I was in high school, um, because other kids would talk to me about Christian music growing up and all that. And, you know, it's like Carmen and Tenny Patty and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, (laughs) but that wasn't really my thing.
0: <laughs> exactly. When I grew up, it was like my mom would put in, it was like Lakewood Live and Gaither Homecoming album. And I'm like, that's not cool. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> and then I watched a WWE event. I think it was called Hell in a Cell or something. And they had Skillet's Monster playing. And that was my intro into Christian really? rock. And I remember going to YouTube and being like, Skillet Monster Clean because it's rock. It has to be dirty, right? And then it's Christian Band. And then <laughs> from there, I found Firefly and all of everybody, um, sorry to interrupt, but that's funny. Like, I love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then like when I was in high school and I really started, which was really, I didn't pursue God until high school anyways. Um, but, um, then it was like the time where like DC talk, like supernatural came out. And, um, and that was like an incredible thing to me because here was this Christian music that sounded, um, you know, like as like, professional and like top level as like the stuff you could listen to the mainstream music that was on the radio. And so then I started like pursuing, um, listening to Christian music, you know, that kind of stuff. And there was so many, I remember, I think I had like a festival con CD, like all sorts of stuff um, that was coming out that was really kind of showing me that there was incredible music you made. And then at the same time, um, right as I'm finishing high school, um, suddenly the Christian hardcore scene comes around and, um, and then, you know, at the time, like the best hardcore music that was being made was Christian hardcore. And so there was a cool time, I guess, to be coming up in music and everything. And I feel like in our, our career has been so long, but throughout the time we've seen, I mean, I've seen where there just wasn't anything there for kids, you know, who wanted to listen to rock yeah. music and to where suddenly, you know, Christian music was on the, on the forefront of like whole genres mm-hmm. and stuff and then um you know and we got to ride that wave in some ways you know when we started that i didn't know of any other female fronted christian rock bands when we I mean, when we were recording yeah. i can remember we were almost done with our album and that's when i think flyleaf's first album uh released and, yeah. and there were whispers about evanescence maybe being a christian band which they obviously weren't but um yeah. like that was it and, you know so there was more yeah. and so me and wendy we were both being in the band as girls, it was super unusual. And we would set up, you know, we set up the merch table every night. That was like our role. That's what we did because, um, you know, the merch bins were, we could carry those where we couldn't carry the whole gigantic, one, you know? <laughs> so, Yeah, So we'd really be <laughs> setting up and everyone every night, night after night, they would assume that we were just the band wives or the, you know, um, yeah. The and, and, and we would meet everybody and talk to them because they're not afraid to come talk to the merch girls, you know, and then we'd go and get on stage and they'd be like, What? <laughs> so, it was a different time you know and uh but i think that it, it really kind of it gave us this cool you know i think FFH came to my church once like <laughs> um,
0: i love it <laughs> who were some of the hardcore bands when you were growing up like when you first started to see the hardcore oh, scene we it was like mostly christian Earth, who did you have
1: you know yeah uh,
0: <laughs> I mean, which they obviously know. came back with a big album but uh it wasn't it was funny to me because I knew they weren't a Christian band, but they came back with this latest album. And I guess somebody over at Apple Music and Spotify didn't think to check the content of the lyrics. And they were putting songs in like today's Christian oh, hits. Oh, really? and- <laughs> It was a whole thing. It was, <laughs> <But> it was. <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. But it's like, um, I grew up, you know, I remember a firefight's been a band for 21 years. I'm 23. So y'all started making music when I was two. Um, and it, it's just cool to me to think back on when YouTube first got started. And I tried to negotiate with my parents. Like, what if I can get $30 a week in allowance? Okay. Hear me out because I need to get some CDs. Cause of course, Apple music and all that wasn't around. And so to this day, like, I still say, go support your artist, go buy the record, go buy pre-orders, merch, all that Maybe. good stuff. But so YouTube came around and they started playing videos. They'd recommend them and stuff. So I'd be listening to... I just figured out about Christian rock. I went to my first um, Atlanta Fest, which was an event in uh, Atlanta at the time. And I just found this rabbit hole of rockers that were Christian. And it was like, I finally found that place where I I'm hearing lyrics that Amount to like the struggles that I go through and growing up in a small town in Georgia social circle like there's like 3000 people in our whole town and nobody else was like me like um, I felt I never felt like super outcasted I just felt alone so it was like I would I. I didn't tell people I listen to rock music until I was in like seventh or eighth grade when I started to realize God made me to be me, not everybody else. So I'm not going to act like them. So mm-hmm. I'd wear my band tees to sh- uh, school and like I just quit caring and started um, volunteering at Winter Jam events first and then just kind of gradually worked my way into being in the outskirts of the music industry now. And God's been all over it. And we all have such similar stories of going through trauma and balancing it. For me, I went through therapy for anxiety and depression and all of the things in that realm and God brought me through it. And so many of us are struggling out there and you've gone through the traumas. Listeners that are listening right now have gone through and uh, the whole Trevor Talks brand started on me being vulnerable and opening up to myself first and just starting to talk about it on camera. And a full circle moment for me, I will bring up is it was a festival in California in 2019. It's called Joshua Fest. And uh, you guys were headlining. It was my second year at the festival. And the first year it was like Crowder and for King and Country and all that. The second year, it was very rock centered. So we had you guys headlining and Disciple. And I think it was a seventh time down. So I remember um, introducing you you guys. guys at the um show and then going side stage and facetiming my brother because even still to this day we'll jam out to unbreakable in the car it's like crazy it's just our thing like um me and so this episode's dedicated to travis my twin uh we still jam out to unbreakable <laughs> so it's 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 just so cool to see like we'll have that nostalgic feel like um while we're cooking or something we'll have a youtube loop coming on and then the music video will come on and we'll just smile look at each other start laughing uh because it's just something nostalgic for us a lot of people think of like blockbuster and um a lot of stores that have closed down for me it's music like i'll hear yeah. you guys or um like other bands and be like wow like that takes you back to a whole lot simpler time when i didn't have a mortgage and all of these other <laughs> things to do but <laughs> But honestly, like you've had quite the busy decade. You started off um, last decade, I guess, in 2011 with your Grammy nomination for the best rock or rap gospel album. Obviously, it wasn't the rap album, but they combined. (laughs) It is. But that just goes to show like you guys were making an impact if you're in that in that circle and you released two more records and then you came back after your five-year breather, two years of that recording your new album um, with the best record yet. So I guess the question I want to bring up with that is, How does it feel to know that there are people that have been following you for over a decade that are still supporting your music and your music is still speaking to them all those years later? Uh, God's using you in such a crazy way. And he's obviously given you a voice and a talent for songwriting to reach this generation. And you paved a way for not only female fronted bands, but Christian rock bands in general. Uh, People look to you for inspiration. And now that you're back, they're definitely looking at you. So how does it feel to be a part of that? Like you didn't just ride a wave. Nah, you stayed on the wave and you're still doing it. So don't discount yourself. It's
1: (laughs) Well, I wasn't really taking it that seriously until you said all that. And now I'm I'm like, you know, it's pretty incredible because, you know, especially now that we're not touring actively anymore Really, you know, the days that we go into the studio, I had a studio day on Friday, which is a lot of fun, but it'd been a long time since I'd gone in. But the days that you're in the studio, you feel what you're doing, you know, but then the other days you're just kind of at home doing the thing. You know, I've, I've got a baby right now and I've got a six-year-old and, and you really, it's really easy to disconnect. And I think that's a real human habit there. We tend to disconnect a lot and especially we disconnect from the lessons that we've learned. We disconnect from, you know... Uh, all of our confidence. (laughs) We're really good at unplugging. And then suddenly we don't have it anymore. Um, and so what's, it's truly incredible, um, for the little wake up calls that we get, you know, when people share their story with us about how they're impacted talking to you about this stuff and, um, things like that, that really kind of bring to the forefront of your mind, like, you know what, you know, God is working right now through the things that we have done. And even though today I may, you know, only, you know, clean up the terrible messes that my baby makes on this day, you know, and <laughs> dinner, and that may be my biggest accomplishments. But they're standing alongside all the things that God's been working through in my life for, you know, for 21 years now. And it's really cool. I mean, it makes me think about the Bible verse that talks about how, you know, God's word doesn't come back void and how, um, you know, it's so true, like the things that God puts out, you know, the things that the way that you let god work through you now the thing that you do it will echo for eternity and um and that's i guess that's what it feels like and it's super incredible and it's very humbling and it's shocking and it and it's faith building and it 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 just makes me just remember you know how good god is and feel just so shocked and surprised that god would work through my life um you know, and because I know everybody tends to put people who are, especially if they're in bands or anytime they've literally been on a stage they put them up on a pedestal and they feel like these are the kind of people who I want to be, but we're all really just regular people making normal mistakes and maybe even worse mistakes because a bunch of people are looking at us and it makes it worse when we do the wrong thing. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think most of all, What's so incredible is that anything good that has come out of our career, it's all been put there by God. And that's really freeing to think about that because you put so, we all put so much pressure on ourselves. And I just would like to, to just kind of use that to springboard into everyone who's listening live, whatever it is that you're worried that you're not doing right, all the good things that you do, they're coming from God anyways. And the things that He has made you to be able to do, you just take the pressure off of yourself because... You know, I feel like God God told me a, a long time ago when I was kind of begging for him to tell me what to do. I was like, just tell me what you want me to do, God, and I'll do it. I'll do exactly what you tell me. I just don't know what it is. But if you would tell me, I would do it, you know, and I felt like he told me, you know, that. Um, I actually kind of saw a vision, and I saw the whole Earth like a globe, you know, just flo- floating in space. And then I saw these big hands that came and 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 wrapped around the Earth, and it looked like you know one of those banners at a church you see, made out of <laughs> shiny material <laughs> hanging on the wall. Yeah. But I felt him speak to me in my spirit. He said, "Don," he says, "My path covers the whole Earth, and I walk in love." And I felt like he was telling me, like stop focusing so much on trying to find the right thing the right path the right move for this moment and realize that whatever you do whenever you do it if you're walking in love you are fulfilling god's purpose for your life and if you will do that you'll find yourself closer and closer to um growing more and more like god and closer to god and closer to the people around you and closer to you know the destiny that god has for you and you can't really even get in the way of it it's kind of like those movies where people try to ch- go back in time and change things and everything keeps somehow happening. They can't seem to turn it around. Something else just happens and makes it go that way. I feel like life, real life is kind of like that, you know, because God is so big that he can work around all of our mistakes and he can even work yeah. it out for the good. And that's a pretty complex statement for the Bible to say that God works through all things, all things, right? That's all yeah. of them. <laughs> There's nothing left after all. Right. So Yeah. I just hope that our story as daunting and crazy as it is just, I mean, we were just a bunch of kids from, from a little town. The town's called Eustace. We went to Eustace high school and the other half were homeschooled. So, I mean, we, we came from nowhere and, and, and don't, I don't even think we had that much talent, but God, but all we did was keep trying and keep, you know, and, and half the time we had our mindset on the right goal instead of selfishness. And that half of the time we got to move forward and, you know, eventually just God brought yeah. us to where we are today and who, who, where we are today is just normal people who happen to have been on a, been just blessed to be on a really cool journey
0: yeah and uh from my side i see a lot of talent that's just me but i i want to break down a few of your bigger hits that you've had um and i've kind of got them in a little discography type situation here but i want to start off with for those who wait and the lyrics that i pulled from this were so we sing a (laughs) lullaby to the lonely hearts tonight let it set your heart on fire let it set you free when you're fighting to believe in a love that you can't see, just know there is a purpose for those who wait. What mindset were you in for that song? I I just feel like I have little bits and pieces of lyrics on here. And there had to be such a narrow and clear mindset. And God gave you a specific message for these songs. And even the ones that are like me saying the lyrics is powerful enough. I want to hear what was going on in your mind and in your life and what situations led to these songs becoming what they are. So the first one being for those who wait. Yeah.
1: I think, um, at that time in my life, I was, I think I was going through a lot of circumstances where I was feeling very alone. And, um, and I kind of felt like I was just coming to the end of a really difficult, uh, like journey in my life. Um, uh, what do you call it? Like season. That's what, that's what we call it in the church, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. So,
1: I had been in a really difficult season for a long time and I was finally kind of breaking free from the things that had been holding me down and the fear that I had just been living in for so long. But like, you know, I'm sure as anyone knows, like, even when you're t- finally starting to make some progress and break free from the things that have been holding you you still have this huge voice inside your head that you, it's too late you you've already broken your life and it's just over you know and as ridiculous as that probably sounds to anybody who's like 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 people who are older looking at us young people just flailing <laughs> and they're like you have <laughs> so much more time you know but in that yeah. moment in your life that's how it feels and that's your reality and so i think that song i mean i mean i feel like during the day we're able to distract ourselves so well you know there's so much to do we have mm-hmm. our jobs we have school all the different stuff you know and it, it it isn't until those dark times like at night right before bed you know where suddenly the weight of everything that you've been ignoring all day starts crashing, on you you know, and that's why we have a hard time sleeping. I think in, a lot of times in life, people who, people really struggle with sleeping, especially in this day and age. And it's because that's when everything gets quiet. And when everything gets quiet, suddenly you can hear the voices in your head. Yeah. And so that's why um, we went with the lullaby theme with this song, um, because so many people are just feeling so stuck and feeling like, they're just never going to get out of this, this place where they feel trapped and it's always going to be like this. And they feel so alone, you know, at night um, in their beds by themselves. And, um and they're really just waiting. I mean, for life to change sometimes because we can't, most times we can't change our circumstances. We can only work on ourselves within them, you know, and that's really difficult because it's hard to stay motivated to work on yourself when you don't see anything ever getting better. And it just doesn't feel like it's your reality. Mm -hmm. So that's the heart of that lyric, you know, um, for those who are there, I mean, just literally when, when things are hitting you at night, you know, and and you feel like you're just waiting and, and, and things aren't better yet you know, but you feel yeah. like you can't take it anymore where you are, you know, that you're not alone. And mm-hmm. this is, you're really just on one page of your story, not on the last one, you know?
0: Yeah. So good. The next one I have is the hunger and the lyric I uh, took from that is, do you want to spend your whole life jaded, stuck in a rut that you created? Why not? Why don't you break the cycle? Let love win.
1: Um, well, I think that hunger is kind of a an ironic song, and um I think it's about trying to look past um we get to, into these mindsets where we think we know everything and we decide that we'd know it all and we're done learning <laughs> and then we decide you know we get really judgy about other people and ourselves and um and then we try to just live inside that, we build those walls around ourselves and we just set up camp and we're there, you know? Um, And if we're lucky, we feel like something's missing and it's, that's the hunger, you know, for growing and changing. And cause we, I know like the more I feel like I learn, the more I understand, I just don't know anything at all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I think the, that's why I think they say the beginning of wisdom is the fear fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You know, because you know, <laughs> when if you if you really know something, what you know is that you better watch out because you don't know a thing. You you can't judge, and <laughs> and so, um, but they, that's I feel like God's still small voice that hunger inside of us calling us to something more, and and letting us be discontented. And, um, and like everything that we decide we know, you know, we know better. That's like that jadedness that really creeps in and we can really live there for a long time. And some people die that way and I don't want to die that way. (laughs) And so that song I think is hopefully it's something that helps us to look inside of ourselves and break through the things that are letting us just stagnate and, and think that we know it all and that we've got it all figured out.
0: I love that so much. Uh, The next song I have is Unbreakable. The lyrics I took from that were, God, I want to dream again. Take me where I've never been. I want to go there. This time I'm not scared. Now I am unbreakable. It's unmistakable. No one can touch me. Nothing can stop me. Sometimes it's hard to just keep going, but faith is moving without knowing. Can I trust what I can't see to reach my destiny? I want to take control, but I know better and then it goes on to say forget the fear it's just a crutch that tries to hold you back and turn your dreams to dust all you need to do is just trust to me that's an anthem like come on like <laughs> about to start running around this desk but
1: yeah do it
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um for me this song um we actually wrote this at least we started writing it and developing it while we were sleeping on the floor in a church, outside of a big dusty field called Cornerstone, Illinois. And uh, we were writing. We were out on the road. We were trying to write while we were touring. And thankfully, sometimes when we would stay at churches, they'd let us set up in their sanctuary and and, and write and all that stuff. And um, it started for me with the story of. Um, The woman who was caught in adultery, and the Pharisees came and threw her down at the feet of Jesus and said, You know, this woman was caught in adultery. The law says we should stone her. What do you say? Trying to catch him, you know? And this is that, you know, that let ye among you who have no sin be the one to throw the first stone, the story. And um, that's where this song started. And I think the heart of this song for me. Uh, One of the greatest struggles of my life is um, fear of man. And um, that's the fancy terminology for saying like approval addiction. And that's where, you know, you, you need other people's approval. You need to feel like people approve of you. You're terrified to upset other people, all these things. And this is all like deeply rooted in my psyche. I think probably because of the way um when my brother died when I was young, I really dove into trying to make everyone in my life happy. You know, it was just so unbearable the suffering that we were going through, I couldn't stand it. And the way the only way I could try to cope with it was to try to stop it from happening, try to make everyone happy. And, you know, so I became like a little entertainer in my family, you know, I tried to take care of everything, fix everything all the time, try to help everyone keep a smile on everyone's face, and of course always a smile on my face. And so little when all that happened, but that grew up inside me to be someone who was a people pleaser. Who always, you know, I have this incredible anxiety if I feel like someone is upset with me. You know, I always, me tried, too. Hey, what's up? Yes. high five, <laughs> not something to high five about, but let's
0: get it. <laughs>
1: um, so, um, it grew up into so many dark flowers inside of me, you know, and um, and so this song really was about you know being afraid of those Pharisees in my life, those people in my life and and just being you know just if if you're driven by what other people think about you, you just can never rest because people are never happy <laughs> and so anyways, that's the heart of unbreakable is you know coming through on the other side and realizing you know this I can, you know, I don't have to make everyone happy, and I'm not going to fall apart, and it's not going to destroy me. I can, I can push through this, and I can be, and all because of who God has made me to be. You know, who I was born already, and because of God's power and love and spirit in me, that's reason enough for me to be myself. And mm-hmm. and so when you can push through those 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 fears, those things that are so deeply rooted in you from before you even know why. um, that's when you can realize that, you know, you don't have to quit. And if you don't quit, you can't lose. And so you're unbreakable.
0: That's so good. And I want to fast forward to the new album. Uh, This song is called I Believe You. The lyrics I took where you're not the only one wondering, is this worth it all? Not the only one begging for a miracle. Everyone thinks you're crazy when you're saying that the whole world's out to get you. But I believe you. such an anthem <laughs> okay.
1: yeah i think um we always you know we talk about mental health issues we've been talking about it since we started this you know like yeah this is just it's just a reality of life uh for so many people and this song to me is you know and working through my own struggles and my own feelings, like the more that you learn about people and their hearts and the things that trouble them and mental health and all that stuff, the more you start to understand that like everything that I don't know if it's a lot, a lot of the themes in church are just like, well, here, let me tell you how to fix this, and you know, here's why you're, here's why you have this problem. Let me tell you what you're not doing and what you should be doing so that you can no longer have this problem. And it's incredibly judgmental and stupid, <laughs> so ignorant, yep. and um, especially because mental mental illness mental health it's just as vital and just such as just as real a problem as cancer and any other physical illness that anybody has and yet no one goes to somebody's house i mean some people might really crazy people might and be like here's what's wrong with you with this whole cancer thing let me tell you how to fix it right now you know quit making a big deal about this you know and and so for me this song it was really about h- hoping that people can feel not feel so alone in the things that they're struggling with. And because the fact is the way that you're, you know, you're the, what you're thinking, that's your reality. That's your world that you live in. And, um, and it's only by God's grace and love and support and strength and really just people being there for you that you can have room to grow and heal, you know? And so I just, to me, I spent a long time in my life like trying to help people fix things. You know, I was such a fixer, I guess, probably because I couldn't stand I couldn't stand conflict and I couldn't stand you know, I was such a people pleaser, you know? It was all kind of inside me in that way. And and so now I realize how trite and how useless and how judgmental and how Pointless. All the things I used to say to other people and try to encourage, you know, in in the name of encouragement or whatever, (laughs) and realize that what people really need to know is that there's someone still out there for them, you know, and and that song to me is just a cry out to them, you know, like I see you. You're not the only one, and not to say that you know, get over it. You're not the only one, but you're not alone. You're not alone in this and what you're feeling and what you're facing, and it is real, and you, you know. And and because of that, you can feel justified in how you feel. And because you can know that you're not alone and that you are seen and known, you can find hope to push through and be able to keep going, even in spite of what you're dealing with.
0: So good. The next song I have is Don't Let Me Go. I've lost control. Don't let me go. Please don't let me go. No strength left in my soul. You're the only hope left to hold. Don't let me go. Please don't let me go. Then it repeats it. And then all the pain, all the passion, hours wasted, afraid to admit I was wrong. Try to hide with distraction. Just disgusting the lies that I love to believe. No matter where I run or how far I fall, you're right by my side through it all.
1: Yeah, this one is, I mean, it's just a cry out to God, you know, to, to be, you know, the thing. When everything feels like it's unraveling, you know, to, to just, to be the safety net when you start falling from the (laughs) trapeze and catch you, because I mean, it's just so often that we're so tired, you know, of fighting and living in this life where everything is so difficult, especially the stuff that we don't seem to be able to fix and don't seem to be able to escape, you know, the pressures on us. And so this song is really just, it's like that heart cry, um, that desperation, you know, where we find ourselves just the only thing that can hold us together is the power of God because there's just nothing Mm. on earth. And you you get to the end of your rope and you realize, you know, all the things that we use to numb ourselves out and all of our false coping mechanisms, they all eventually fail and they're not worth it and they don't don't get us anywhere. And so at that point, we finally lean on something bigger than ourselves and bigger than our false coping skills. And then I feel like that's when we finally get somewhere. And so even though it's like our, it's like they call it hitting rock bottom, (laughs) it's like supposedly the worst thing, but it's really the best thing that could happen to you.
0: It's like a reset button. Yeah. It's like, how are you going to bounce back from this? You hit rock bottom and you're like, well, I can only go up from here. Totally. So I, I have this weird mindset that when you hit rock bottom, it's like, Oh, cool. Oh, Things can get better. Like they can definitely be better.
1: Because until, as long as you keep trying, you know, in your own futility, you know, to make things better, you know, there's just no hope. But it's it's when you finally, (laughs) it's like when you finally drop everything, God can pick it all up. But for the time that you're juggling, he can't, it's like he can't get a hold of it. You won't let him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the last song I have is Keep Your Head Up. When you're on the edge, I will hold you tight. When you're all alone, I can help you fight. I will hold the torch in the blackest night for you. And there's no shame in letting go. I'll hold on to you. I'll never stop holding on to you. Keep your head up, my child.
1: We are about to release this song as a single. And on Friday, we just redid a whole new version of it.
0: That's when I was in the studio. Come program. on. You cool. heard it here
1: first. I look forward to, you to hear it, hearing it um, when it comes out. Um, but yes, I love this song. I think, you know, we, we, um, we just, it's just such a lonely walk here on earth. Um, and so many of us are kind of really get the short end of the stick when it comes to father figures, parental figures, all that stuff. And um, even with great parents, you know, they've, they do the best they can but no one's perfect and so um any time that we can just remind ourselves that we have you know a heavenly father out there um who is fighting on our side you know and in that same turn we can hold the torch you know that that he passes on to us for the others in our lives you know we can be we can be you know loving support to the all the people around us as well which is what everyone's missing out on when we don't. And so this song, I think, is really awesome in that way. And um, just to put yourself back in, you know, to remind you that you're God's child, because that's a powerful person to be. And we really disconnect from that idea all the time. And so the more that we can be reminded of the truth, which is that we are God's children, you know, the truth is what sets us free.
0: Wow. It's so good. And this whole episode, you've just jam packed with knowledge and wisdom, and the lyrics touch the heart. I, I'm just all. Everything about this interview, if you want to call it interview, it's more of a conversation. Uh, If people want to listen to scripted interviews and stuff, they can go watch Jimmy Fallon. They ain't going to find it here. But Dawn, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you've got the two kids and your husband's there to watch them tonight. And um, you just... you blow my mind. I think it's amazing everything that you're doing with the band and at home and being a super mom and going to being a superhero on stage to some people. So it's phenomenal. And I'm just excited to see what all God has in store for you next. And where can people find you on social media?
1: Well, thank you, Trevor, so much for the opportunity and the outlet and um, the support and we're honored to be a part of it. And you know, you can find us at Fireflight We're on Facebook and we're on Instagram for little updates and things like that. And um, I'm Damashel Music I'm on Facebook and Instagram if you'd like to see little snapshots of what's going on with us. Um, Glenn is now has a boutique guitar company that he builds guitars called Nixon N i x x i n, and you can find him on Instagram as well and uh, to see what he's Amazing. up to. And we're all just kind of, you know, taking de- <laughs> taking things one day at a time. But yeah, we'd love for you to keep paying attention to our story. Huge thanks to all the people who voted for us on The Grizzlies. It meant so much to us, especially after taking two years to create this album and fighting through a pandemic to get it released. Um, we're super thankful. And um, thank you, Trevor, for your awesome comments about the new album as well. That's really been um, a nice boost for my self-esteem personally. And I appreciate it God. <laughs> and thank you Praise for all God. that you do to get the word out and to keep the story going and have people have more outlets in places course. to find inspiration and encouragement.
0: Of course. And guys, don't forget to subscribe to the channel on, uh, YouTube, Apple music, Spotify, heart radio, Pandora, wherever you listen to podcasts, go check that out. And, um, uh, dawn again thank you so much and everybody go get their new album who we are the head and the heart go download the new single go listen to the music video um go watch the amazing art that they have in there but most importantly go check out their merch store i promise you will not be disappointed and we will talk to you guys next week
1: no matter what you're going through you are not alone